0: Ladies, gentlemen, or what have you, I'm Orion Lavelle. And I'm Travis Mattingly. And you're listening to Tooth and Nail, a monstrous podcast, where today we're gonna get real fucking stuffy with it. It's allergy season, my nose feels like a fucking uh, brick wall. I don't know how your nose feels. How's your nose feel? Ooh. It's alright. Ooh. Possibly
1: I edited that out, but if I didn't, you're welcome, (laughs) listener. (laughs) Just don't edit it out, and then they'll have a taste of what you edit out every other time. Maybe I'll
0: just blow it up like a meme. (laughs) It's it's tooth and nail, but every time Travis sniffs,
1: it explodes, and the audio goes 5% faster. (laughs) This podcast episode is only 16 minutes long, and eight minutes of it is just... The beginning of them talking about Slice of Life?
0: Yeah, yeah, before it becomes indecipherable. Anyway, we are talking about the Chimera on this one. We're talking about Chimera. Weird monster boy. Yeah, another similarly to the Centaur, a very traditional monster steeped in that whole mythological uh, Grecian history sort of thing. When I first saw that we were going to do a Chimera, I was pretty curious to see how Dungeons & Dragons would handle it, because it is such a time-honored creature, and I came away from it being fairly pleasantly surprised in that the the background lore is pretty fun, even if the mechanical stuff is a little bit bland and boring.
1: Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: I think the lore stuff is pretty solid and cool. I think that this guy could have been designed mechanically a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to get into talking about the lore, (laughs) because (laughs) As, uh, after our recording last week went, you know that I think that the lore for the Chimera is hilarious. It is. I I do agree. I think it is
0: hilarious. I guess, you know, for—and it seems like I'm saying this more and more, but for the few of you who are not necessarily sure what a Chimera is, it's basically just a hodgepodge creature. There is a mythological bent to it, and in that mythology, it was supposed to be this fire-breathing creature with the head of a lion, the body of a goat, and the tail of a snake. And there is— uh, a sort of D and to the Chimera that is mostly cool, but I do have some some qualms with here and there. I I actually do think that I have some. Fairly loaded opinions about the chimera. I don't think the chimera is a 100% unequivocating win, but mm. I I think I do like it. There's nothing terribly offensive about it.
1: Yeah. What is? What's your? What's your? What's your problems? What's my problem? Well,
0: L- lay your problems on me. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, I can't think of a chimera pun, but let's get into <laughs> it and we can talk about it.
1: Let's chimera right into it. Is that a fun? Does that work? Good enough. <laughs>
0: Good enough. Subscribe to Tooth and Nail. Yeah. Quality (laughs) content. All right, let's get started. All right. So artistically, it's a pretty interesting creature. It's not exactly what I think I would have gone with, but it kinda does hit me in that fun, silly way. I was expecting Wizards of the Coast to, I don't know, do something weird with it? I wasn't really sure where they'd go with it, and I was surprised to find out that they just threw a dragon on that motherfucker and called it a day. (laughs) So what is typically a chimera with the lion head, the body of the goat, and the tail of the snake, what we have here is a three-headed creature where it has a red dragon head on one side, a lion head in the center, and then a really sad goat boy on the other side.
1: Yeah, and this isn't the first time I've ever seen it be depicted with three heads. It's just the first time I've ever seen it with three heads in this arrangement, and one's a dragon. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. The dragon part is what really, like... <laughs> and, and this is kind of the the thing that I, I've been struggling with this entire show is dealing with this fifth edition art style the the lion and the goat both look like real ass animals
1: like like the art style is yeah they're, the, they're, the, dra- the they're drawn in a hyper realistic sort of
0: absolutely there's no stylized anything going on with either the lion or the goat and then they just slapped a fucking fifth edition dragon on it <laughs> Which does not look like it could ever exist in any realistic capacity, which I understand is kind of a dumb point to make. Like, of course, a dragon is not going to look like an animal. It's a fucking dragon. Yeah. But I've seen artistic takes on dragons that look like they could maybe exist, kind of, if magic existed. And the 5th edition 5e red dragon does not look like a creature that could exist.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look like a reptilian creature that is dragon-like. It just looks like somebody took, cropped out the head of the red dragon art and slapped it up on this boy. Yeah,
0: yeah, it looks like if you stapled a metal cover to just a (laughs) a lion and a goat. It's that kind of disparity in artistic style that really kind of sets me off in this, this strange juxtaposition is what makes it feel kind of weird to me. It's not necessarily yeah. like I I think that in a vacuum, the red dragon looks kind of cool and metal and
1: fuck it. I'm down with it. I was about to say I did fall into the trap and I guess I'm just still in the trap of, wow, that looks fucking rad. It like... does. It,
0: it does look kind of <laughs> fucking rad. It just looks weird, slapped on to a regular lion and a regular goat.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. There's no, like, th- if, like, maybe the eyes of the goat and the lion were glowing, even yeah, just that.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If the lion looked fucked up and weird, if the goat looked fucked up and weird, it wouldn't be so striking. But because it's a 5th edition badass ass dragon stuck on just a lion and a goat, it feels kind of weird <laughs> and out of place. Yeah. In terms of the detailing as to what the chimera is, uh, it's kind of interesting. The front half of the chimera's torso is is leonine, so it has claws and fur and looks like a lion. And then the back half appears to be goat-like. We get, like, a little hoof poking out. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And then it terminates in a big old red dragon tail, what with the scales and the spines and whatnot. And it also boasts a pair of hooked red dragon-ass wings as well.
1: Yeah, and I... Very vaguely last week when I was t- thinking about Chimera, I looked up like what they looked like in older editions. And there's this thing that it's a little less true in this edition just because of how, like a lion, this lion looks. Mm-hmm. But the art used to, like... If you showed me a picture of the Chimera when I was younger, I probably would have thought it was a manticore. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's just a little bit of that kind of going on. And I think it's the wings... Because traditionally, I've never, like... There's not as many Chimera that I've seen that have wings.
0: Right, right. Uh, refresh my memory real quick. What distinguishes a Manticore from a Chimera?
1: Uh, Well, this Chimera, the it doesn't have a dragon head on it. And instead of a lion face, it's like a weird human face, but with a lion mane and lion body. Mm. But basically the same wings, and it has, I think, a reptilian tail with a stinger on it? I might be mistaken, but.
0: Uh, are you sure you don't have a picture of a manticore up right now? Because the idea is the manticore has the, the body of the lion, the face of a person, and then a scorpion stinger.
1: Yeah, I don't have a picture of one up right now. I just, I'm, I'm just saying like, this depiction of a chim- of a chimera, I th- I could have, when I was younger, mistaken for a manticore, is all I was saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those creatures that tend to get flip-flopped, uh, similarly to cockatrices and basilisks ah. in most things. Uh, they probably have a similar... Mythological history that I haven't bothered to look up yet, but perhaps in the future. I'll take a look at it
1: It's these dang lion-bodied things Lion-bodied things what with big dragon wings. They get me. That's what it is too (laughs) is the Greeks thought that lions were cool as
0: shit So they made all of their monsters look like lions in some capacity. (laughs)
1: Everything is lions Yeah,
0: now they kind of blur together awkwardly. So, nah, nah Nah. I, I, I do want to verbally reinforce the truth of this Artistic Camaro Which is that That goat looks Real fucking sad
1: I fucking love That goat He's so Oh my god (laughs) He's so unhappy
0: To be attached To this dragon And this lion
1: (laughs) That's exactly What it is The face that That goat is making Is the face That a goat would make Were it being Drug along By a lion And a dragon It 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 feels like
0: If the Camaro Was just Made of people That would be the, The The hippie Attached to like the '80s stockbroker, and then just the neo-Nazi.
1: Like <laughs> it, what it reminds, what it looks like, like the way it's bent. It looks like the chimera is running forward at full sprint, and the goat head is just kind of like flopping behind, like in the wind.
0: <laughs> it's too fast. It's too fast for me.
1: Too fast. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That is a sad goat boy. But beyond that, I don't really have much more to say about the art. It kind of is a a you know, a staple monster for most things, aside from mm-hmm. the the weird clashing of art styles. I don't think there's anything too terribly interesting to say about this chimera. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I, I should mention, like, it kind of makes a sense, right? So, like, if mythologically the chimera in the, the Grecian stuff is supposed to be this fire-breathing creature with serpentine qualities, it makes a sense for Wizards of the Coast to just slap a dragon on it. Because a dragon breathes fire and is serpent-like. So I understand the logistical stuff around it. Um, And it's not the fact that it is a dragon slapped onto the chimera that bothers me. It's the specific artistic rendition of this badass metal dragon attached to this regular yeah. ass lion and goat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> that that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Can I talk about the one other chimera that... I like in media that or. Uh, the design of it compared to this one.
0: Are you going to talk about that sad girl from Full Metal Alchemist?
1: <laughs> I wanted to originally... <laughs> I wanted to originally, but no, that wasn't that wasn't what I was talking about. Okay. Um, it's the chimera from Dragon's Dogma. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good boy. Yeah, which I sort of mentioned last time, or, well, when we were talking last week. I can't think of, like, what the traditional chimera looks like. Does it normally have more than one head, or is it just a lion with, like, the body of a goat?
0: Yeah, I think it's usually just a lion head with a goat body. But there have been a thousand Chimera, so like you know.
1: Yeah, the 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 Dragon Dogma Chimera does have three heads, but they aren't on the front of the body. There's the lion head on the front, and then the center of the body is like a half lion, half goat. Mm-hmm. But there's just a goat head on a goat neck sticking out of the middle of the body, up on its back. I think I've just kind it of flopping that around. That's... Yeah, yeah that's and then cool. its tail is like a serpent tail, but it ends in a snake face that bites at you.
0: Yeah. Isn't, uh, the Chimera in
1: Dragon's Dogma modular? Like, can't you cut bits off of it to make it less cool? I think you can cut the snake head off on the back, and then you can climb up on its back and kill the goat head before you finish it off, yeah. Mm. Mm. And then it just, like, it's gross and floppy the whole fight.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. That might inform something that I'm going to talk about later, Hmm. uh, in terms of mechanically sprucing up the Chimera, because I think that at least it feels like the most appropriate choice to make a chimera fight more interesting is to attack it in this modular way if it's comprised of this component parts, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, if you don't have any more thoughts on the art, I can scoot on in to talk about story stuff. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So in terms of the lore, chimeras are said to be the result of demonic intervention. Apparently, (laughs) apparently after a bunch of shitheads summoned the demon god Demogorgon into the world, he thought that the animals on the plane were a bit boring and decided to ham them up a little bit, combining them into these multi-headed monstrosities and kicking off an
1: entire new breed of creature. I, uh... That's awesome. Yeah, that's so goddamn cool. Demogorgon was like, oh, this plane is terrible. Let's just... Let's just fuck these up real quick. He just just... fucking
0: clicked his fingers, snapped them up. There you go. Here's a chimera. (laughs) And I, I do like thinking about it in that way as something that was done on an impulse, because I like the idea of the chimera just being a lazy thing that Demogorgon was just like, fuck it, here's this, which is why the chimera looks like just three things stuck together rather than a big mutated
1: demon thing like we get in the abyss. Like it was the first three things he saw Yeah. Like it, from on high. It was. There was a dragon flying around. He looked down, he saw a lion eating a goat, and he was like, well, all right.
0: Yeah, he just was like walking by, <laughs> and it was like, what's the next three things I see? This, 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 cool, snap. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's pretty funny and cool. Due to this demonic heritage that chimaras have, chimeras possess an inherent cruelty and evil, which, uh, there you go. Demon boys. That, that's yeah. how it is. And being these manufactured evil entities, chimeras are said to exhibit the worst qualities of their component creatures, bearing the dragon's urge to plunder and hoard, the lion's drive to hunt and kill anything in its territory, and the stubbornness and pride of the goat, which I also <laughs> thought was kind of funny that, like, The chimera gets a documented psychological trait from dragons, a documented instinctual trait from lions, and then just what we think goats are sometimes.
1: (laughs) What are goats? Uh, they hit things with their head, they're stubborn, that's it. Yeah,
0: it's a little fun. It doesn't totally hold up to my mind, but like, fuck it, (laughs) Uh, it makes sense. The chimera also likes to eat grass and climb the side of mountains. Yeah, right. So, so, <laughs> it's a creature made of magic. Either they were just gonna be like, it's actually quite docile and vegetarian, or they were gonna go with a thing that is cool about goats. Yeah. I It's fair. I'm not nitpicking anything, I just thought it was a little bit funny. Yeah. Regardless, all of these combined traits cause the chimera to be fiercely territorial, staking claim to areas as large as 10 miles wide, and preying on whatever's in the area. They have a particular fondness for killing the largest, biggest, baddest creature in their area as a point of pride, viewing these other predators as rivals and bearing an intense need to break these creatures down. As a result, chimeras will often form major deadly rivalries with dragons and griffins and manticores and wyverns, and pretty much anything that lurks in the wild and is bigger than a regular animal.
1: Yeah, and apparently very specifically has wings. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently. I mean, like, if something else, if you're flying up in the sky and you see another big motherfucker flying up into your sky, <laughs> it's stealing your stees. You gotta yeah. take that shit yeah, down. This is
1: my sky. Yeah.
0: What the fuck? We, uh, I was putting backpacks on our shoulders before Shelby killed. Shelby, 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 Simpsons reference, Simpsons reference, <laughs> kill me, kill me, kill me.
1: <laughs> you're
0: a monster. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be stopped. Yeah, I can't be stopped. That's. I'm the real monster. Yeah. <laughs> Chimeras tend to use their airborne mobility and their natural fire breath that they have to surprise prey and enemies alike, raining fire down from above as it darts down at its prey. Moreover, when a Chimera is finally in battle to some capacity, its maliciousness shines through. The Chimera will often play with its food, stopping right before the coup de gras in order to watch this weakened and wounded prey creature attempt to escape for a little bit before just swooping in and eating it, period. The general monstrousness of the chimera lends itself well to my mind to a versatility in an adventure. Similarly to the ballet, I think these guys can make good surprise encounters based on the lore that we get. Or if you do feel like doing something a little bit more complex with a chimera, I can imagine a quick adventure where maybe a good-lined dragon asks the party to help drive out this jerk that's hanging out in its area
1: or something <laughs> to that effect. That would actually be, yeah, that was a real good one. There you go. Dragon intrigue. I like it. It is kind of weird to think about that... The chimera being what it is would be kind of a thing that just could happen while you're wandering around a mountainous region. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's something that like, if you said the word chimera, you're like, oh, this is like a big epic thing. Yeah. But in the D&D kind of way, it's just a, a monster what lives in the mountain range. Yeah. Like, yeah. It kind of splits the difference
0: between a dragon and a centaur, whereas chimeras do feel like they have a legend to them. But you kind of have to make that mental adjustment in the same way with centaurs, as this is just a thing that you might see sometimes. Yeah. Which, like, you know, one's mileage may vary. If you want to ham it up and make the chimera its own big badass thing, I would recommend making the chimera more interesting to fight, but feel free to do so. Interestingly, the chimera possesses very minute degrees of dragon intelligence, and has some of the dragon psychology as well. And this is where some of the somewhat interesting detailing comes into play. Chimeras have this draconic ego that can be used against them, as chimeras innately understand the draconic language and are known to be susceptible to flattery or gifts, just as dragons can sometimes be. A creature can even bribe or distract chimeras from killing them if appropriate tithes are paid. Since chimeras can't speak themselves, I'm imagining most encounters with chimeras ending in just killing the chimera anyway. But I like mm-hmm. the idea of equipping the players with this knowledge that the are somewhat sentient and can speak Draconic before the fight, so that the folks who can speak Draconic in the party have a chance of circumventing combat and doing that cool, non-hostile resolution thing.
1: Yeah, which lends itself uh, more to lower-level stuff, generally.
0: Yeah, or, like, if you want to do that Witcher thing where you're, like, monster hunters with hearts of gold and feel like animal or creatures are people, too. You can do that—that—that that, that Witcher thing where you just talk the chimera into leaving.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. You could absolutely do that. I—I I think it's a little weird that they're given this tiny modicum of dragon intelligence, mm-hmm. but it only like surfaces in understanding a language. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's mechanically, it doesn't really like. It has nothing else of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're isn't
0: a whole lot to lean in with with this pseudo-intelligence thing. The best that the lore gives us is that because of this ego, every now and again villains or evil aligned people are capable of bribing chimeras into working for them as long as they can keep the chimera fed and wealthy with loot. So like, you know, if you want to complexify it a little bit, if you want to throw a chimera into your villain's lair feel free yeah so if i liked how chimeras fight a little bit better if chimeras were a little bit more mechanically interesting or even just appreciably different from how dragons play i Mm. like the idea of doing that kind of bait and switch where you are in this villainous dungeon the party enters into this room that is very much like a dragon horde and you kind of lead the players into thinking they're in a dragon lair only to just be pounced by a chimera as a sort of sucker punch.
1: Ha, mm, well, we're gonna get the the problem is that everything I want to talk about, we have to get into the mechanics to talk about. All right. Because like I, I'm curious how you would make them more interesting or different than a dragon. I have a few ideas, but like
0: absolutely, if that's where you're raring to get at, let's scoot. Let's let's let us press on out of this. <laughs> I mean, I just like just to camp on it, just to camp out on it for a second. I do like the lore quite a bit. I don't think it hits. Quite the amount of uh, cool, logical conclusion detailing that Basilisks get. But I I do like the idea of the whole Demogorgon stuff is really cool. I like the idea that these guys are somewhat intelligent and that you can utilize that in
1: order to overcome chimera encounters without just fighting them. Yeah, I love that in lore it does have, like, traits from all three aspects of its morphology. Yeah, yeah. Which is something you could very, like easily have a little bit of fun with and lean into if you were trying to take it like a little less seriously or maybe you could use it to as we will probably discuss change how the creature works in combat yeah
0: yeah there might be this kind of fun stuff where maybe the lion head is constantly trying to eat the goat head or something like that (laughs) yeah that kind of you know as as you do when you have three-headed sentient creatures there's there's bound to be a little bit of fun in fighting stuff that you can do to throw some character
1: onto your chimera you could like charm one of the heads.
0: Yeah, I wish that there was some more mechanical stuff that incorporated some of these things, but I'm dying to talk about it and you're dying to talk about it. So let's talk about the mechanic stuff.
1: Okay, all I wanted to say before I forget is Crown of Madness the goat head so it won't stop headbutting the lion. That's all (laughs) I wanted to say. (laughs) Cool, I like it. Do that.
0: So mechanically, chimeras as we get them, they work like less interesting dragons. They're a category size large monstrosity, intelligent enough to be chaotic evil in alignment, so they are sentient, they have an alignment. They have a challenge rating of 6, and pursuant to that they have a below average armor class of 14, and a very below average HP of 114. So somewhat as we saw with centaurs, these are squishy, pretty mobile lads. As you'd expect for something with dragon wings, they have a run speed of 30 feet and a fly speed of 60 feet. Their attributes are pretty common for their monster type, with a very high strength and constitution, and then above average wisdom, and then a very low intelligence score of 3, which I think is the lowest a creature can have without being incapable of reason. Mm-hmm. They get a plus 8 bonus to perception, since they have all them heads, which aids them in their ability to ambush prey. They also get dark vision out to 60 feet, do fucking do and they have a high <laughs> passive perception of 18. It's starting to become like at first it was cute cuz it was the D&D meme and then we started to sink into the everything gets dark vision joke and now yeah. I'm I don't even know what to do with it anymore. I might just start we saying it. Actually mad. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think it's worth getting mad over cuz like Yeah. Not everything can have a torch, and it would be weird if a monster had a torch. And yeah, like, plus, like... Yeah, like, lions can see in the dark. That's cool with me.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, not to get into, like, other stuff, but there's the whole Gloomstalker ranger now that has a cool interaction with dark Vision, but... Uh, I don't necessarily know what you're referring to. Oh, if... It's a, it's, a, it's a ranger subclass that its first ability it gets at level 3 is the coolest ability in Dungeons & Dragons which is if you are in the dark and a creature would only be able to see you because it has dark vision, you are invisible to that creature.
0: Oh. Oh, that's kind of a cool counterplay for that. Yeah. I haven't looked super hard into it. Like I looked at some of the like the Planeswalker Rangers and that some of that stuff the Hun- Monster uh, Hunters. I don't think I ever really sat down and looked at the Gloomstalker stuff.
1: Yeah. That I don't know if the rest of it's that cool, but that is probably one of, if not my favorite, kind of weird mechanical things that they were just like, everything has dark vision, so what if you were just invisible to those things? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Consequently,
0: since they have that plus eight bonus to perception, they have a pretty high passive perception of 18. As mentioned, chimaras can understand draconic, but they can't physically speak it, which feels a little bit weird. can dragons physically speak with their mouths? Yep. So then why can't the dragon head of the chimera just speak Draconic?
1: I don't know. That's one of the things that I was kind of like mad online about.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I. It's weird that its intelligence is only three, and then it's weird that it can understand a language but can't speak it because it does just have a dragon head. Yeah. I like the low
0: intelligence, that kind of works for me, because I think that that feeds into one of the few things that you can do with a chimera fight that's kind of cool. But Mm. I think my headcanon is that the chimera can can physically speak a stilted version of Draconic, Mm. if only to help present to the players that a conversation encounter is an option, right? So if you want to showcase to your players that chimeras are somewhat intelligent and can speak a language... This would be the easiest way to do it yeah
1: it's like it like yells out singular words in draconic yeah just like stilted whatever yeah
0: i I think that would be good yeah feel free to change that if you so choose so kind of frustratingly chimeras they don't get any special traits which really does feel like a missed opportunity for flavor or even tactical complexity so, so like why doesn't the chimera have that multiple heads trait that hydras have that give them Advantage on being charmed or frightened. Yeah, or multiple reactions. Yeah, or anything like that. Anything that would incorporate what the chimera physically is. It does really feel like a shame and kind of a missed opportunity because what we do get is just kind of a boring, uninteresting dragon-like creature when we could really start incorporating some of that cool stuff that makes a chimera special. And as like a quick little aside, if you can stomach this guy's riding style, the angry GM online, he has a really good remaster of the chimera that utilizes a mechanic where the players can chop off specific parts of the chimera, just modularly cripple it, similarly to Dragon's Dogma, and it's pretty cool and would be my first choice for making the chimera more interesting
1: as a fight. Oh yeah, for sure. Something I think, uh, like the fact that it doesn't have any traits, it's weird because it's not even like just because of what it is, it's a combination of, it's a three-headed creature, one part of it's a dragon, and also it's like a CR6, which... Generally, I don't know, this might not be totally true, but it feels like everything above a CR four or five has at least one trait. Yeah. Like
0: yeah. Yeah. anything. Yeah, if it's if it's an interesting creature, it probably has a trait to reflect its form and kind of flavor it up a little bit. I yeah, really... hell,
1: Bullywugs got three, I think, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to make them feel more like frogs. I really don't understand why the chimera doesn't have a single thing that reflects the fact that it has three heads even. It- it kinda- it kinda reflects it barely in the attacks that it makes, but it's Mm -hmm. so insignificant mechanically that it doesn't feel like anything. Yeah. So, like, just to elaborate, in terms of its actions, the Chimera pretty much just has two things it can do. It's got a multi-attack where it can either make three attacks with its bite, its goat horns, or its claws, or it can swap out a bite or a horn attack for its fire breath if the fire breath is on its recharge and is available. So that's kind of what it feels like it's somewhat matching up to, right? It's got the Mm -hmm. the claws of the lion, the bite of the dragon, and the horns of the goat, but...
1: It's neat that it can swap its breath attack for one of the attacks and still do the other two attacks. Yeah, yeah. But, But, yeah, in terms of the, the, like, flavor or difference between
0: them, they're pretty much interchangeable. All of the physical attacks that it has, they all have a reach of five feet, they all have an above average plus seven to hit, and they all do about 11 damage each, with the Bite and the Claws doing 11, 2d6 plus 4 piercing and slashing damage, and the Horns doing 10, 1d12 plus 4 bludgeoning damage. Uh It's fine. To my mind, like, the the physical damage type variety thing isn't interesting or mechanically significant whatsoever because players don't really, generally speaking, have things that give them resistances to specific physical damage types.
1: Yeah, it's either—it's almost always all or nothing— with resistance it's like the the single exception is like the the like a very rare magic armor of invulnerability or something and that's not Absolutely. something to design anything around
0: no it's not terribly interesting and even the damage range isn't terribly interesting either i feel like you could have just given the camaro like one bite attack that it could do three times and called it a day and then really like done something wild with its traits or something to play up the the heads or anything that it can do that makes a chimera special Mm -hmm. and like we'll we'll do dragons in the near future and dragons those guys know how to have really interesting physical attacks that feel different from each of each other and it requires like reach, and various accuracies, and all of that sort of thing, and these are in no way those.
1: Wing flapping wind control.
0: Yeah, these are all pretty much interchangeable, and it feels kind of garbagey and lame.
1: You know what, that probably is it though, is that they didn't really want to like step on a drag on the dragon's foot, ah. in terms of like monster design, but they, I,
0: you know- They already kind of did though. <laughs> they made <laughs> yeah. a flying creature that has fire breath. That plays pretty much like how a dragon does. Yeah. I think if they were, I think the best, one of the things that a chimera can do that is useful is train the players to know how to fight dragons so that when you throw dragons at them in the future, they know what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. I think that there was either two things that they could have done is either make chimeras appreciably different from dragons or lean harder into what a dragon can do just in a reduced challenge rating way such that it's a low stakes way to introduce the party to fighting a dragon.
1: Yeah, and the fire breath for this chimera, is it, it's not even, it's definitely not comparable to a dragon, but that's a CR thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's both a, a damage thing and I think it's a range thing as well. So the fire breath attack, it is, it's on a recharge five or six. I'm sure we've talked about this before. You roll a d6 at the end of every turn of the creatures and on a five or six it gets this recharge thing back and basically it just works like a worse version of the dragon breath attack so it has a 15 foot cone range and everything in the area yeah pretty small everything in the area has to make an average dc 15 deck save or take 31 fire damage on a failed save with half as much on a successful save pretty mediocre pretty uninteresting especially compared to dragons which have that but better generally speaking yeah
1: it's 78 for a chimera and it's usually like i want to say like 20 d6 for a dragon yeah i don't know i i don't want to make a claim here
0: because i i would just be guessing a number but a high number of dice (laughs) the range at least feels reduced and that's kind of what i'm getting at is like oh you want to introduce a dragon's breath attack in a lower stake environment here you go yeah
1: one one fourth of the range
0: And less damage. Yeah. So all combined, the damage budget for the Chimera is pretty... it gets to be about above average if the fire breath goes off properly every time, but more realistically, the damage range settles into about an average amount of damage that a creature of that CR can do per turn. Again, not necessarily stand out. Mm -hmm. So putting it all together, the Chimera as we get it plays like a pretty standard flying breath attack creature a la dragon and i would recommend doing as the monster manual says for the most part have the chimera try to ambush the party dump a fire breath on as many people as possible and then dart in to mop up with whatever physical attacks that the chimera has available that turn yeah and then as always if you want to get funky with the environment there's always fun to be had with chasms that the chimera can easily cross whereas the players will have more difficulty doing that or just you know taking advantage of the chimera's high mobility flight in order to stymie the player is just swarming at
1: it. Also, in in the vein of the chasms, it is good to note that the chimera is pretty strong and its fly speed of 60 feet means that grappling people? Not super hard for a chimera.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you want to do the harpy thing where it just lifts people up into the sky and drops them into yeah. a pit, that could be kind of fun. I was thinking about cool encounter ideas that are specific to chimeras and I was thinking like, I was thinking there might be some fun in treating the chimera as a dumb dragon. So, like, (laughs) you have this creature that's a dragon pretty much mechanically in every way except for its low intelligence, so you could do certain things like, you know, you could bait the chimera into doing dumb shit that you couldn't do with a dragon, so you could bait it. If you you just have the rogue and the bard steal a bunch of its gold, you could get the chimera to chase after them in a very unadvantageous way if you have a bunch of the frontliners pincer attack it as it's trying to chase down the rogue or whatever mm-hmm. yeah or kind of hilariously the chimera is not resistant to fire damage in any way <laughs> so i like the idea of putting flammable stuff in the environment that you can bait the chimera to catch on fire and then using that fire against the chimera because it's an idiot oh hell yeah i think that would be kind of cool just like little ways that you can invent to outsmart the chimera in a way that you wouldn't be able to with a dragon yeah i think would be kind of fun
1: treat it like the middle ground between doing like a dumb monster hunt and fighting a dragon and And I think that, yeah, you could come up with a lot of really creative ways to hunt a chimera.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then
1: that's a way, like,
0: if your party has already faced a dragon in some capacity, that could be a cool way to distinguish what makes a chimera different from a dragon is this low intelligence. But if they haven't yet, I I do think that the chimera does fit very nicely into this niche of teaching the party how to fight dragons before they're prepared to deal with actual dragons.
1: Out of curiosity, what would you do in terms of the actions to further separate it from a dragon fight if you were trying to make it its own like interesting thing like while keeping the spirit presumably yeah so
0: like the first thing i would do is throw some reach onto the bite attack or something like that similarly to how a dragon would have so maybe not a huge reach Hmm. but maybe a little bit more just to
1: differentiate the attacks from each other. Right, maybe, like, swap one of the head-type attacks with, like, a tail slash, which yeah, is like, 10-foot range or something. Yeah,
0: or even, like, get some of the more specific stuff into the mix. So, like, lions have pounce. Maybe give the chimera pounce as a trait. Or, mm-hmm. like, to reflect the the stubbornness of the goat, maybe you give the horn attack a, a shove, like a free shove action that it has to simulate the the goat butting heads with the character.
1: You could do something like that. Oh, yeah, that would be pretty good. Like a, like a very small um, uh, single-target thunder wave, just like you yeah. take a lot of goat force damage.
0: Yeah, or, or something
1: <laughs> like that. Something that'll move
0: a player into a space that is somewhat unadvantageous, which could kind of supplement the mobility of the chimera, such that if you had, like, a big pit in the middle of the arena... The chimera could fly around and get the players into unfavorable positions and then just use this goat horn shove to knock them down into the pit or
1: something. Headbutt the fighter back toward the mage and then get a little closer and flame breath and bolt.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, if the dragon head had reach as well, you could do something cool where the, the goat horn knocks the fighter back and then the dragon head attacks and then the chimera can just fly away without taking yeah. opportunity attack stuff that all that might be kind of cool obviously like we're just kind of spitballing here so play test your shit if you decide to slap something like this on it but yeah
1: and i personally i think that just changing the fire breath to something else fire related just because like so many things have fire breath maybe that like this half-formed dragon head instead like regurgitates a fireball instead of a cone breath. Sure. Like it doesn't have control of its fire. Yeah, like it doesn't have like an inhale, exhale, fire breath. It's kind of like it's regurgitating a ball of magma that explodes. Yeah, yeah. I like
0: that idea of like the chimera being something like an out-of-control dragon, because that Mm -hmm. could feed back into its inability— it it not having fire resistances. So if it does have like a really garbage fireball attack— and it's not careful with it; it could just end up setting itself on fire, which feels appropriate.
1: Yeah, you trick it into like fireballing you while you're right next to a wall, very close to it, or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I like the idea of having a more unstable version of its fire that it could be used. That could be used against the Chimera. Yeah,
1: so many things get breath attacks. It's it'd be cool for there to be like a natural version of a couple spells. It's kind of, you know... Yeah,
0: yeah, something like that. That would be kind of neat. But yeah, that's more or less how I feel about chimeras. Beyond the somewhat underdeveloped mechanical stuff, I'm mostly pleased with the lore, and even the artistic direction they went with, it does... As striking as the juxtaposition between art styles is, it does feel kind of cool and neat, and semi-surreal, in a way, that feels kind of cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's... (laughs) In a very, like... Probably immature way. The best way to describe the art for the Chimera is cool. Like yeah, yeah. It's and it's not. Weirdly, it's not the way I feel about a lot of the other art in 5th edition where it's like, oh, this was like made to be cool. It looks like it conforms with this very specific style. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about the Chimera, and it probably is the juxtaposition that looks cooler than all the other things.
0: Yeah, it takes more processing power in your brain to adapt to the bo- to the two disparate art styles that are going on. Yeah. And so that's, that's an element of cool. And then you just have that sad goat guy that I just really... Fucking- i love him and he brings down the badassness of the entire chimera
1: (laughs) absolutely
0: and i think that that might be another saving grace is that nice that that good good sad goat lad
1: it's so amazing i every time i like scroll back up to look at it i can't it's like i can hear the goat screaming when i look at it
0: He's, he's a bad he's having a bad time he's having a bad existence I think that'll do it for Kamaras. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked what you listened to, feel free to listen to more Tooth and Nail stuff over at nerdsmith.org.
1: Yeah, we've got quite the selection, or quite the collection building up.
0: Yeah, yeah, we certainly do. I think this, is, this would be like episode 16 or 17. I don't totally know. I'm, Oof. I think that might be the case. Yeah, if you liked what you listened to a whole lot, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever you're listening to this on. Or, you know, there's a bunch of stuff over at NerdSmith that you could support as well, including uh, subscribing to NerdSmith if you so choose, which is a pretty good deal, just like $5 a month. And you get a bevy of cool-ass shit that we have painstakingly slapped together, similarly to Demogorgon and dragons and goats and lions.
1: <laughs> Just a chimera of
0: bonus content. Filled to the brim with sad goats in that content. <laughs> so, what's our creature comfort for this one as we leave you today?
1: Oh, man. Mm. Brush your goat. <laughs> yeah, take care of your goats. Yeah,
0: feed your goat. Give your goat some hot cocoa. <laughs> yeah, give, give brew up that hot cocoa, feed it to your goat. Make them happy. <laughs> it's hard it's hard living next to the worst predators
1: that's why he's so scared his entire life is like oh god he's definitely yeah he's this he's steamrolled a lot in that relationship he probably hungers for himself which is very confusing yeah don't don't bore yourself go (laughs) don't bore yourself yeah number two don't bore yourself yeah